Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome as always. Thank you for joining us. Delighted to be spending our day with you. i uh, got a great show as always for you. Lots of stuff to do. Thank you for finding us. You can find us on virtually every streaming service around. So uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about and let's get right into it. Marsha, how was your week? Oh, it was great. Love to see. Thank you, everybody who's listening on all the networks and listening to our older shows. They are a lot of fun, aren't they? Please tell your friends if you're enjoying them. And don't forget, you can reach us at Mark, Mark and Marsha at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at Marsha Collier. And Mark is real Mark Cohen. Yes, and uh, please talk to us, communicate with us. We'd love to uh, hear from you. So uh, lots of stuff going on. The big news this week is, of course, the first launch, the uh, VSS Unity rocket-powered spaceship launch by Richard Branson, and that's going to be interesting. Then a week or so later is the uh, Jeff Bezos of Blue Origin. So um, you found out how do we watch this launch? Well, more importantly, you know, This is the first launch, and it's interesting to compare the two because Richard Branson is going to be the first rich guy in space. This is pretty much, we're not talking scientists here. No, no. (laughs) Richard Branson is going up with two pilots and three crewmates. Uh, I don't know, you know, the pilots are company pilots for his company. And he's going up with Chief Astronaut Instructor Beth Moses. So, I mean, this is going to be quite a team going up. But everybody's saying, wait a minute. He's going to be released at 45,000 feet for a rocket-powered climb to the lower reaches of space. Cool. Now, after three minutes of weightlessness, only three, the space plane, which his is a plane, not a rocket, will begin gliding descent back to Earth, to Spaceport America on the runway. So they've had a lot of test flights. And the thing is, there's always been a person in this. There's been no, you know, how we used to test when we'd send people up. We'd put a dummy in the rocket, Mm -hmm. see what happened. Mm -hmm. They've all been manned flights. So, I mean, to be perfectly honest, aside from the fact that his ship is totally bitching. I mean, it looks like something out of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, I I don't see anything really new going on here. I can understand why he's scared because I'd be totally scared too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't you? You think? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be, but you know, we're not scientists and the, the unity is carried aloft. I love that word. By a twin fuselage carrier jet, which is the VMS EVE. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to happen. Now, his spaceport, America, is in truth or consequences, New Mexico, which I find (laughs) kind of fancy. Yeah, always love that name. Yeah, but I mean, what what are the consequences going to be? Now, you're going to be able to watch it Sunday. Well, actually, I'm not going to watch it. So anybody who knows me, just text me and let me know what goes on because it'll be tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. No offense, I'm not getting up for it. <laughs> it's only six in the morning. What are you going to be doing at six in the morning but laying in sleeping, bed? Sleeping, sleeping. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, you know, there's a lot to be said for what's going on right now. And next week, we'll talk more in depth about Bezos' flight, which I honestly think is a whole lot scarier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. The, the, the best part about uh, the Bezos fight, as far as I'm concerned, is it's pretty cool that a lady by the name of Wally Funk, um, who after 60 years of being in the Mercury 13 program, is joining him on that flight. So I think that's a really pretty cool thing. She's 80 years old. Well, what and... I thought was interesting is remember that series that was, was it on Netflix or something? Um, and... I know there's another part of it coming up where women were in the space race. It You're not talking of, about the movie, that, that great movie, women, no. the three black women. Uh, no, the, no, yeah, great no. Movie. It's a series. Yeah. Okay. It's a series. And it was about space and that there were really women trained to be astronauts. And it kind of was prescient of this, uh, it, it, you know, kind of interesting. Who yeah. thought of it? Because it really did happen. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's really so she didn't get to we fly. Didn't know, which was, we didn't know. know about it. It was called For All Mankind. Oh yeah, and sure. it was on Apple TV. It's a series. Yeah, I didn't watch Hopefully it. Hopefully they. Oh, you should watch it. It's yeah. How can you be a tech guy and not watch it? It's the. It was really just good. Get tired and hopefully, of all the space stuff. You know, there's a million things on space. That's right. I forgot you like zombies. I forgot. Yeah, I do. I like killing zombies. Yeah. Uh, actually, but, you know, Wally Funk is actually 82 years old. Yeah. So she'll be the er- oldest person to reach space. And before that, it was uh, uh, John Glenn, who was, I think, was 77 when he went up in space. So well, that's, that, that's pretty cool. Branson's no spring chicken either. No, he's not. No, no, that's true. <laughs> I mean, the, bottom true. line. And the interesting thing about he founded Virgin Galactic in 2004. Mm-hmm. And his goal was to create a spacecraft. A spacecraft capable of taking up to eight people, including two pilots and six passengers. Right. So his goal is a little different than Bezos. I think there's enough crazy people with lots of money <laughs> who oh, will absolutely. want to go up in this poof, what, whatever he charges for it eventually. I don't know, about $1,500. The live stream is going to be hosted by Stephen Colbert. <laughs> well, that should be interesting. Um, yeah, which and singer Khalid will be debuting a new song at the landing site after wow. Branson's anticipated return, and that cool. came right from Rolling Stone. So we cool. know it's going to be very. It's cool. going to be interesting. And um, Beth Moses, who holds the title of chief astronaut instructor at Vernal. Virgin Galactic will handle the training for everybody. She's flown to space on VSS Unity once before. So she's not a newbie to this. And Colin Bennett will be there. Shishra Bandia. It's going to be fabulous. So there you go. The first guy to talk about tourists in space. This is all different from what Bezos is doing. Hey, if I'm up at 6 uh, a.m. tomorrow morning, I'm going to call you and make sure you're uh, up to watching this. Yeah, my phone's on Do Not Disturb, but do uh, text me if something yeah, amazing happens. Yeah, okay, well, I'll read good. it when I wake up. There you go. So a couple of years ago uh, in hosting Distinguished Speaker Series, I had the chance to work with uh, Steve Wozniak, who is a terrifically down-to-earth, you know, not a corporate guy. He was kind of the non-corporate guy. He was the, the you know, the tech geek in, in the creation of Apple and is a really good guy. And 
and he has just something we've been talking about on the show for years about the right to repair. Um, he has just endorsed and says we should be giving everyone yep. the right to repair their stuff, and yep. that's a big He's, endorsement from Steve Wozniak says he totally supports the right to repair movement and the people behind the movement that are doing the right thing. And that's, you know, and he also said that some of Apple's early breakthroughs could not have happened if so many gadgets had not been open source back in the 70s and 80s, which struck me as weird because... Then Jobs got his mitts on it and clamped down on everything. Oh, for sure. And and then it wasn't open source. So this is amazing from Wozniak to actually come out. And, I mean, he's a, a Ma Bell, all that. Oh, yeah. Um, no, no, no. It, Very it was, yeah. He argues that Apple was built on open source and owes its success to open source. But the company did close up, and this is all going to be interesting if the right to repair does go through. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. And for those of you, I mean, if you've been listening to us talk for a long time and listen to I've the show. I've been banging that right to repair yeah. drum since before yeah. we even knew, even knew about, right? I mean, what right to repair is the ability to open your own products and not violate your warranties and not have Apple say to you, hey, uh, you've just l- bricked your $1,200 phone because you tried to replace your own battery. So uh, it's important. And, and realize, those of you who don't use Apple phones, think about your food that comes from farmers. Right. John Deere's tractors and all their farm equipment have computers in them. Yep. And the farmers do not have the right, they do not get a manual to repair their own stuff. So if they're out harvesting a crop and it breaks down, they have to wait for the John Deere man to come and fix it. And for yeah. those of you who like McDonald's shakes or McDonald's cones... That ice cream machine in uh, McDonald's is really made by the com- a company named Taylor, and they have the same thing. There's a computer inside that. Um, people who work in the stores are not supposed to work on it. They're not supposed to fix it because that will void the warranty. So this is yeah. just baloney. Uh, right it, to repair been- has to go through. And we've probably been talking about this for five or more years at least and maybe it's finally coming to fruition because it hasn't gotten it hasn't happened yet there's been i guess a big enough lobby to prevent this from going through well but so, biden we're we're going to talk about now issued yeah. some executive orders right and right to repair was one of those yeah really interesting the white house is behind it now so uh, maybe it will get finally get some traction in doing this because it is kind of silly and the reality is even if you have the right to do this i'm really not sure how many people are actually going to do this i don't see that many people going in and opening the back of their iphones or doing whatever but, well, you but this certainly also have the covers right. going to i fix it Right. Or hiring a handyman, because back in the olden days when you had a TV, there was a TV repairman that came to your house to fix your TV. Absolutely. They still do. I still have one that comes to the house. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But you violated uh, your warranty, no doubt. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I'm not 100 percent sure on the TVs is I guess it probably does apply to TVs. I don't really know if they void your warranty. Nobody yeah. reads the fine print of anything, but no, exactly. a lot of these executive orders, and this was very important, um, Biden's executive orders that he put out this week 
how it's going to affect tech users. It's going to try and bring back net neutrality. Mm-hmm. But and remember why don't you explain one, what that means? Explain what net neutrality is, first of all. Before I explain that, I want you to remember that these executive orders are a little different than we're used to. These right. don't put it into law. These don't say this is it. They encourage agencies like the FTC to write stricter rules, Mm -hmm. which I think is a little baloney. I mean, make an executive order. Tell the Federal Trade Commission you want to do this. Don't pass the buck. And that's totally what it's doing. Yeah. And net neutrality has, has to do a whole lot with your internet connections, the non-competitiveness that goes on, why you get stuck every year with a higher bill after your contract is, I mean, hey, sign up for Spectrum, get one of those introductory packages. I love that they send me mail, snail mail all the time with these packages when I know darn well after 12, and you won't even get a price if you call the company and say, what will this cost me after 12 months? They won't tell you because they want you to sign up at the lower price. And some of the rest of the things that are going to affect tech is, again, price transparency rules in medical devices and things like that, which is important. Um, Justice Department to revise uh, guidelines for hospital mergers and, you know, a lot of other things. I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I recommend that you read about it. But unfortunately, like I said, this was only a suggestion. It was not an order. To me, an order is you go, hey, you, do it, man, do it. But no, he encouraged the FCC to restore net neutrality. Uh, Come on, gang. And bigger tech, they're going to talk against some of the mergers um, and unfair competition, which we know, come on, Amazon kind of has unfair competition. And they're going to try and wipe out the... uh, Use of non-compete clauses in business, which I think is yeah, great. It's very interesting. I mean, one of the things that these companies have been doing, and I had that when I had uh, a tried huge, huge satellite before I got my microwave satellite, uh, I was using Hughes, and Hughes was promising 25 megabits per second, which frankly wasn't very fast to begin with. But when you went over 50 gig and you used your allotment, they dropped you from 25 to 3. So these companies slow you down and prevent you from it once you've hit this certain level, and hopefully they're going to eliminate that as well. We'll see if that well, happens. Well, unfortunately, whether they throttle you or not, the sad truth, and this is a story for another day, is the FCC puts a minimum requirement of broadband to be 25 megabits, megabytes, right. or right. megabits, what, whatever it is. <laughs> I, I'm writing about it right now, and I totally 25 megabits forgot. per second, right. Yeah, so the deal is 25 just isn't enough because if more than one person is using it, you've got to consider the broadband in your own home. And yeah, later today, is. we're going to talk about a mesh network that you can get into real cheaply. Yeah. So, so uh, video gaming, needless to say, is one of the big dollar items that happen within the universe. Uh, people that are gamers spend millions and billions of dollars every year on gaming and such like that. So uh, you were a big fan, I remember, The Legend of Zelda, which was part of the original Nintendo, uh, I guess it was, I don't know which version of Nintendo it was, but apparently what, a sealed copy of Legend of Zelda just sold for how much? 
$870,000. I just wished I had never wasted my time on that game and put the box away. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Wouldn't have been better. But interesting, a copy of Super Mario Brothers was auctioned for $660,000. That's crazy. This is insane. So check it home. If you have any of these games and they're in a good quality box and everything is there... Well, you have to go get it sealed by a verification company that it's the real deal, and they seal it for you. And uh, make a million dollars. Let us know. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) You know, I did that with my Freddy Krueger talking doll that I've talked about on the show before. I decided I bought it back whenever it was very popular, and it happened to be that I had an office in the... uh, place where there was a toy store and on the news came the story freddy krueger doll too gruesome for children it's being pulled off the market so i ran down to the toy store i bought this you know uh, freddy krueger doll talking freddy krueger doll uh kept it never opened it completely sealed paid probably 20 bucks for it you know 25 years ago and that thing today is worth about 35 dollars there you so, go. You nearly yeah. doubled your money, so you're yeah, in business. So, uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, not everything ends up being a million dollars, but you never know what's going to work. Yeah, you, know? you never know. So in the meanwhile, back to tech. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm writing this book about Android right now, and each of the different phone manufacturers have their own bloatware. Apple does, too, on their own right. side, that oh, they sure. put on the device. But Samsung had cloud storage, as does many other manufacturers. Um, I recommend if you're with an Android phone, just put it with Google because Google is not going to be jumping around. Well, it seems they launched Samsung Cloud five years ago and they thought it was a good idea. And then they announced that it would delete all Samsung Cloud storage data on August 31st, 2021 which is just baloney. You encourage customers to use your cloud. I don't know if they charged it because I never got past. I don't click to, I read terms of service (laughs) and it wasn't appropriate for me. So I didn't use it, but bottom line, they've decided to extend it three more months to migrate your stuff to somewhere else. You've got Microsoft OneDrive that they are suggesting. Obviously, there's a financial deal there. And there is a tool in Samsung phones right now to migrate your stuff to OneDrive. And now you've got until October 31st. But if you're on Android, move it to Google because that way it's just like iPhone and Apple. It's your native, right? Just like iOS and all that is native to Apple. Google is native to Android. So just do it. Obviously, Microsoft did pay (laughs) for this deal. Um, I have no evidence of such, but But anyway, all features will cease to exist on November 30th. And that's when your data will be deleted. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so th- this was a very interesting story about that you found about the FBI secretly selling what they call these FBI honeypot phones to criminals. And it's actually a great story. Uh, Wait, and it was with the Google Pixel 4a phone. Well, which, which is interesting because I'd seen one of these <laughs> a while back. Um, go ahead, tell them what, what it does. Well, basically, this uh, unlocking the Google Pixel 4a with a PIN code revealed common apps this like Tinder. This special one. 
The special, <laughs> the special one, right. one, right. Yeah, it unlocked things like Tinder and Instagram and Facebook and Netflix so and Candy Crush. So it looked like Crush. a normal phone, right? Yeah, it looked like an absolutely normal phone. Um, resetting the phone and typing in a PIN number opens an entirely different section of the device, which is now instead you have a clock, a calculator, some device settings. But it doesn't open a calculator. It opens what they uh, what they have as a logon screen. And it says enter anon, I guess it's anom ID anom, and a password. For yeah, anonymous. Right. Yeah, uh, a password, and then hidden in the calculator is a concealed message app, which was apparently part of the FBI. Criminals believe they could communicate securely with the app, encrypting their messages. Well, apparently, uh-uh, they were wrong. An international group of law enforcement agencies, including the FBI, monitored the messages, and they announced hundreds of arrests last month. Uh, international authorities held press conferences talking about what they did, and it was really pretty cool. They they were just you know monitoring criminal activity when the criminals thought, oh, well, they'll never, you know, this is a well, secret the- phone. This is a honeypot to the max. I oh, mean, that's yeah. just just brilliantly done, and bravo. But I believe the deal was they kind of abandoned some of them, or they abandoned using them. I don't know. And some of them have made it to the secondary market. <laughs> and yeah, really you can find Anom phones on Craigslist and all kinds of things. Um, when booting up the phone, it displays a logo for an operating system called Arcane OS. Mm-hmm. I love it. So after the FD- FBI announced the Anom operation, so then Anom users scrambled to get rid of their devices and they're selling them online. So if you want to get one, it's called an A-N-O-M phone. I think it would be fun to play with and probably I on guess, Craigslist. But, I mean, what what would you actually put on there knowing that maybe the FBI is watching it? I mean, not that you have anything particularly well, to hide. I think the FBI is watching everything anyway. So well, that could that. be true. That could but, be true. But the bottom line is if you got plenty of time and nothing to do, great toy to play with. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely... It was kind of funny because apparently uh, most phones have a setting to turn location tracking on and off. Apparently, yeah. there is no setting on this device. <laughs> no, you can't turn it off. So that should have been, you know, uh, the dumbest criminals of the day story. Uh, but pretty interesting story, I have to say. And kudos to the FBI for figuring out uh, how to do something, you know, to fix some of the issues that we've had with all these people that are hacking right? and doing everything Well, I mean, else. and the phone even had pin scrambling, which changes the pin entry screen randomly Pretty users could stuff, also set say. up a wipe code so the people who bought this phone were absolutely convinced that they were getting a super secure device to evade law enforcement <laughs> hey there you go all right so anyway it is the time of the show research the universe the planets and best buy today for the buy of the week Thank you, Hans. Uh, you know, I always go back to the story from time to time because our dear friend Mark Aliski, who uh, used to be my co-host at KBC, uh, we lost. Oop, doggies. We lost. Uh, who we lost a number that of years ago. That was Mark so. coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I remember one day he came into studio and he showed me an IBM miniature hard drive. It was a one gigabyte drive. Now, do you remember, Marcia, what that cost? A one gigabyte drive? My yeah, God. Yeah, one that gigabyte was over, drive. Uh, or was over, it, wait, wait, one gigabyte or was it? No, I no. think it was one. 
Or was it one megabyte? No, it wasn't one megabyte. No, that one megabyte was too small. I, I can't quite remember the, the, the whatever original, it was. The original upgrade was a one megabyte board that you would snap in to the motherboard. Well, and this was a little card. $2,000. Yeah, this thing was 1000 bucks. So whatever whatever the size of the drive was, it was 1000 bucks. So if you want a memory card... Uh, SanDisk, which makes some great devices, they have their Extreme Plus 512 gigabyte. It's their micro SDXC card. You have to check to make sure that it's compatible with whatever your device, but it is compatible with a lot of devices. Uh, it's got a US, um, UHS dash one, uh, I think it's I memory card attached to it. Now, normally this sells for two twenty nine ninety nine. Best Buy has it on sale today for one hundred and twenty nine ninety nine. So it's a hundred bucks off the original price. And I mean, if you think about your phones with with a two fifty six, for example, my phone, I think my iPhone has one hundred twenty eight gigabyte storage on it. Well, this is an SD card that has two hundred five hundred twelve gigabyte storage. But can you put an SD card in an iPhone? I don't believe this is available on an iPhone, but it works on Android phones. It works on yeah. a number of different devices. And uh, I don't think you can put this in your iPhone. If I remember right, I don't think there's an SD slot. No, iPhones don't have SD slots. Yeah, correct. But there's a lot of devices that do. Uh, GoPro cameras and things like that, you know, where you might want to record a lot of video. So uh, that's a just an enormous amount of storage. Most computer, laptop computers, don't have 512 gigabytes of storage. And here it is on a tiny uh, Extreme Plus card. So yeah, again, I you, have one of their cards for uh, that has 128 gigabytes, which I right. thought was plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, if you're if you're out there recording video, I mean, this is more than sufficient than probably you'll ever need. But again, it's the SanDisk Extreme Plus 512 gigabyte micro SDXC UHS dash I memory card. Available at Best Buy today, normally two twenty nine ninety nine on sale for one twenty nine ninety nine, uh, and that is our buy of the week. And uh, that's a, that's a whole hell of a lot of storage for whatever you're going to want to use it okay, for. Okay, and since you got a buy of the week, I came across this story, and typically mesh networks are not cheap. Right. Um, the entry level mesh device like the Eero Six costs about two eighty for a starter pack of three. Correct. Which is a lot of money because you still need you still need the router. You still need all the stuff. Yeah. So I'm reading in Gizmodo and they found the Vilo, that's V-I-L-O, mesh Wi-Fi system, a mesh Wi-Fi router that costs $20 a unit for a similar functionality and performance that you get from the higher priced Eero or TP-Link Deco device. Uh, the Vilo Mesh Wi-Fi system is no big deal. Uh, there's nothing fancy about it. It actually looks a whole lot like the uh, what the Linksys Velop, which is mm-hmm. what I use, and I like that. So each node is white, weighs nearly a pound, three inches high. You put it on a bookshelf, obviously open bookshelf because wood blocks the signal, right and each node has a physical power button, an indicator light. So for $20 a piece, for something that offers three gigabit Ethernet ports on each device that you could hook up a printer to, 
I'm almost thinking this is a better deal than what I have. Yeah, I mean, if it works, I mean, I know that the Aero, which is the one that I use, and I've been using it almost since the beginning when Aero came out, and it's it works great. It's a really well thought out product. It works terrifically. Yeah, but, but if this thing works as well for twenty yeah, bucks each, why not? Not even the Aero Six has the three Ethernet cable plugins, and and that right. would be a great thing if you had a gaming console or something oh, like gosh, that. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. Because bottom line, a plug-in connection is always faster than and, you know. And mesh. these things do. I mean, I will tell you, these things do vary. For, for now, I have this microwave internet service, which works great. It usually gives me 120 to 150 megabits per second. You know, tremendously crazier than what I used to have on my DSL at five. But if I go just from the room where the router's in to well, room 10 feet away from me, I go from 120 to, say, 100, you know, or, or 80. Not a big difference. It's still more than I probably will ever need. But in the meantime, it does diminish as you get away from your router. So these Aero or whatever which one you're talking about now really do extend your service to your backyard, to your front yard, to whatever you want to do. So uh, hopefully that thing works because that would be great if it is. Well, speaking of things that work, I have some sad news for everybody. And oh, no. Yeah, I mean, this this was a really interesting thing. You know now that everybody leases cars, everybody leases yeah. this, everybody. And since we don't have right to repair, then right now, technically, we don't own our devices, even if right. we've paid for them, right? So you can think about your TV, your electronics, and think about the IoT devices. Remember, Home Depot had a brand of IoT devices. That, oh, yeah. that, well, it, it wasn't profitable, so they just shut it down. Yeah, well, refrigerator being one of them. They yeah, had an IoT refrigerator. Yeah, you no. just installed this whole thing through your house. Right. It finally works because that's that's the whole challenge. It's we call it Getting the I, uh, the the Internet of maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, right. So right, but. This was portended a long time ago. Back in 2016, the World Economic Forum released a Facebook video with eight predictions it had for the world in 2030. And it said, you'll own nothing. You'll be happy. Whatever you want, you'll rent, and it will be delivered by drone. Which is just scary when you think about it, right? And, quote, everything you considered a product has now become a service. Well, and that's true, and I think you're finding a lot of that. I mean, uh, a lot of things, uh, we didn't talk about it today, but uh, Halo's bringing a driverless car rental to Las Vegas. So you'll just yeah, go well, on your app and you get Driverless to cars, we can talk about another time. I looked at well, that right. story, I said, yeah, right. Well, I mean, yeah. if you've ever tried to get an Uber outside the Hollywood Bowl or the Stables Center, you know that this service is baloney. You need your own car. <laughs> yeah, well, right, right. Or the, our world isn't quite ready for it. And I honestly don't think that when you have an asset, true, you can rent all your furniture and clothes and all this, but if they stop doing business, you're out of luck. I mean, for example, well, sure. Peloton recalled the Tread Plus treadmill. After Mm -hmm. children were injured and all that. Huge problems with that. And part of the solution was to release a software update, Treadlock, that required a four-digit passcode to prevent unauthorized use. Right. Um, Unfortunately, when you read the fine print, it said the Just Run feature of the Tread Plus 
which allowed Peloton owners to run without taking a class, had moved from a free feature to one locked behind a subscription paywall. So right. bottom line, you couldn't put this safety device on your treadmill unless you were paying for a subscription. Of course. Oh, that's baloney. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, they and- had paid over $4,000 for a treadmill. And uh, forget it. You can't make it safe. I mean, it's all about services. You know, the the gaming industry really has created a little of that a long time ago, even though you still have to have a console to play some of these games, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever they are. The new consoles are digital uh, for the most part, where you download everything from the servers. So while you still need that device, many of the gaming, for example, Apple Arcade, you don't need anything to get Apple Arcade, except for obviously you need a device to play it on like an iPad or something, but it's a subscription service. So you pay them whatever it is, five bucks a month, and you play as many video games as they offer on there. And they kind of came up with the same model we're talking about now, where you're not going to really own anything. You're just going to subscribe to services. Yeah. And bottom line in 2020, remember Sonos retired their speakers, their older speakers. Right. Right. And they still worked. But Sonos said, nope can't use them anymore they just decided when that is the end of life yeah and this is something that needs to be uh, addressed with the right to repair i'm not we don't have time to go through all the examples no but it's ridiculous just ridiculous and as long as you're working and having to pay for things you should have the right to have assets because nobody's going to loan you money unless you have assets Uh, is that true Right, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's supposed to work anyway. You rent everything. Well, no, that's the way it works. If you if you don't have assets, you can't get money. So that's true. It's going to be a real and the root of the problem. Yeah, we'll get to it another time. So well, as you talked about the subscription, you know, the subscription services. They came out with this. Do you know what the mirror is? Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. I was going to buy one until I read about it. Well, I read it and I thought, okay, it's just going to be, what it is, by the way, is it's a mirror that you hang up in your house and then it feeds you the subscription service of all the live, you know, workout classes. Exercise, Hundreds, exercise classes. And the reason I didn't buy it is because I thought, oh, that's cool. Then I went, yeah, I'm never going to use that thing. And one of my friends got one and I asked him, so are you using it? Well, I used it once when I got it. You know, how long ago did you get it? Three months ago. You know, and those things were expensive. They're fifteen hundred yeah. two grand for those things. But the subscription goes on forever. So you know, otherwise you got a nice mirror to hang up in your house that cost you two thousand yeah. dollars. So uh, yeah, it was it was very kind of you know really kind of interesting. And uh, so anyway, that's the story. Uh, okay, now you, uh, what are Air Tags versus Smart Tags versus Tile Pro? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. What what makes any of them different than anybody? So Apple came out with their AirTags. Right. Nice name. Yeah. 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 Um, and then SmartTags are from Samsung. Right. And then the original, which we have been, we have had for a long time. Oh, yeah. And that's Tile. Tile Pro. Right. right. So you think about the privacy issues that go into this. That's your choice. I recommend if you're going to do this, look into it. Um, when Samsung's smart things came out, I was at, I think it was a Mobile World Congress, and I looked at them, and it's a cross-platform approach, and it was very cool. 
But what happens when somebody drops that smart thing into someone else's purse or luggage or briefcase or whatever? Then you have the movie taken. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to think before you're going to use these or even have them laying around and tethered to your phone. Because there's so many, so many privacy issues. But anyway, The Verge went around and they tested all of them. So the Apple AirTag came out $29 disc-shaped. They gave it a 9 on The Verge score. The good stuff is there's a huge network for out-of-network finding, IP67, which is waterproofing, and separation alerts, which is not there yet, coming with iOS. So in other words, if an Apple AirTag is now dropped into a woman's purse and she has mm-hmm. a stalker, he can know wherever she is and it yeah, won't let her stuff. know that it's there. Yeah. Uh, bad stuff, you can't ring the phone using the tag. And Samsung and Tile allow this. You need a separate accessory to add the key ring. I mean, what? You couldn't, what? How much is a key ring? You couldn't spend the three cents to put a key ring on it? Really? You can only use it with iOS and you can't uh, touch the volume, which is, do you want that? I don't know. Eight on the Verge score was the Samsung Smart Tag Plus, which is basically the same thing. Uh, the good stuff is you can use it as a remote control for Samsung smartphone stuff, which, hey, that's something. Reliable AR finding with visual guidance from the device camera feed. What? It goes through the phone's camera. So that's a little weird. They think it's good. I think it's weird. And right. the bad stuff is the Galaxy Find network isn't as robust as Apple's. Thank goodness. Shorter battery life and can only be used with Galaxy devices. And last is the good old tile, which they only gave a 7.5 to. But, hey, $34 can be used with either iOS or Android devices. So if you have a mixed home with different devices, Tile Pro is still the one to do. Um, It's available in different sizes, colors. If you don't like a plain white hockey puck that you have choices and there are useful features without an annual subscription. <laughs> I didn't go into the annual subscription go there. The bad stuff is no AR assisted finding. Well, that's fine. As long as something goes off, I've got ears. It's got a Bluetooth right. range of 400 feet. <laughs> right. Now um, the real and- problem comes though with those, if you've attached your tile or your device to your phone, cause you're always losing your phone. You can't find it because you have to. You have your phone to find the device. And so that's bottom, like... bottom line, though, there's something called for Android users. Google has Find My Device. So if I tell any device, the tablet or my computer, right. if I have the app, Find yep. My Device, it will show a list of my devices. I just tap on the one I want to find, and it will start ringing. And I can wipe it if it's in in an evil deed doer's hands. Right. Exactly. Um, I can lock it. Any number of things you can do. So, it, I don't know. Those work great. Those Apple yeah, that's fine thing. for yeah. phones. Yeah, it's fine yeah. for phones. Yeah. 
uh, all right. Well, we don't we don't have a huge amount of time left, but let's do a couple of quick things for privacy issues. Um, if you have a Google account, what you want to do in your Google account to p- control your Google privacy is you go into the Google account under My Home, and then you'll find a section that'll give you a security checkup and a privacy checkup, and it gives you some nice little features. For example, one of them says critical issues may have been found, take action, and it tells you what to do, um, and it allows you to personalize your data and your personalization in there, so you can find in there, you know, who are the third party has third-party access do you have comprised passwords which every time i check this marsha i have three thousand. yeah you, know, you also you also have to go in and check the mark and marsha at gmail account for this you have to do this because yeah, I, 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 I can't get into it i'm still yeah. getting spam and stuff yeah that's really strange it. and this is our problem not you, our listeners problem well, but no, yeah, it, I happens. In there and there's, it yeah, happens yeah there's yeah there's yeah so so anyway uh so it, it allows you to go into google and it allows you the opportunity to find out exactly what's going on with your privacy settings and that's important because most of us use google on a regular basis um and you know you want to do things like two-step verification that's a big deal. It's a pain in the butt to do it. It requires you to enter twice a co- you know, first your original and then a secondary yeah, code. Yeah, but I do it on everything and I go yeah. and get pissed off all the time. But it is what it is. And two factor, uh, you know, authentication is what's going to save you. In the end. Yeah, I mean, it's very important to do that, and it's easy enough to do. And like I say, it's you know, it's just something. It's a pain it's just in the a, butt. Yeah, it's an really. extra step. It's really an extra step. Uh, okay, so we've got maybe five minutes left. Um, should we talk some TV, some movies? You have to watch The Tomorrow War. Yeah, it was Man, good. I really enjoyed it. what an entertaining movie. It's not deep. There's not a lot to think about. Nope, There's absolutely. aliens. They're not, they reminded me of the Skitters in that uh, TV se- series that was on I know TNT. Skitters. Yeah, I know yeah, the, you're the, saying Skitters, and I remember that name. It was an alien name, movie. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. T- it was a TV series. Yeah, and, and he's whole- great. And I just went blank on uh, Chris. Um, what's his name? Chris. Oh gosh, what's the star's name? Um, Chris I, I don't know because it doesn't make Ga- any difference Galaxy. to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Guardians of the Galaxy. The guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, um, and uh, Chris. But Pratt. anyway, it, the movie was just so entertaining. We were barbecuing. By the way, that was from the TV series Falling Skies. Which was okay. Very, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, that was a really good The aliens were very similar, and they were known as skitters. Right. Exactly. And, and this you know, is a similar theory. <laughs> and this is on. Uh, by the way, this is streaming for free on Amazon. Uh, very entertaining. And one thing, and I've always felt this way, even though I review and Marsha, you review movies. Um, I look at critical reviews from the critics as suspect to me. Because if you look at Tomorrow Wars, it, the tomato um, tomato meter on tomato meter, uh, yeah. tomato meter, which I love on Rotten Tomatoes, is fifty four percent were the what they received from the critics. The audience gave it an eighty percent. Right, exactly. So I, that's yeah. why I don't use Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's just interesting to see what it was. I mean, and is a um, the audience ratings? There were twenty five hundred audience ratings and one hundred and sixty eight reviews from critics. So who am I going to believe? The 2,500 people that really enjoyed the movie or the rest of the world that didn't enjoy it? What I found interesting, because I really liked the movie, Um, I went to Google, and when Mm -hmm. you look there, you can click that you watched it, and you can usually vote a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I just looked again, can't find the thumbs up or thumbs down, which is kind of interesting, because I always found that Google users 
um, I aligned more with than Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, or Metacritic. Yeah. yeah. So ignore the reviews. It's baloney. Watch it. It's entertaining. You got aliens. You got time travel. You got cool clothes. Yeah, it's a good and the, movie. The guy from the Prudential commercials has a body like you wouldn't believe. He's an old guy. They called him conspiracy conspiracy Santa right. in the yeah. movie, and he's cut like a son of a gun. Who knew? Um, it's a worthwhile. His name's J.K. Simmons. It's definitely oh, worthwhile great. watching. Academy this Award winning actor, by the way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was great. Uh, also, uh, last week I mentioned, and it was terrific. Uh, the John Stamos Hot Shots TV Hot Shot TV show as a as a coach, and you know these are the things that you look at. And it's on Disney, and sometimes you go, hey, I'm not going to watch that, but it was terrific. Well, the next one I watch was actually on uh, Disney as well, and it's Mighty Ducks. And if you remember the Mighty Ducks, that great original movie back. From the 80s with Emil Estevez about the uh, the kids that you know kind of ragtag hockey team. Well, they just came out with Mighty Ducks Game Changer, and my wife and I watched the whole series over two days. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Very Good. entertaining. Something you can watch with the kids. Something you can watch without the kids if you want. Lauren Graham, who is terrific, is the co-star of that. And that's some good stuff, you know. So um, there are some things you can watch with your family and enjoy, and you know, and you don't have to go, wow, why, why don't I watch that? So what else are you watching? Uh, not much because I'm writing a book and I'm, uh, I still look at that uh, Amazon page. It's a hidden page right now. It's still every day says it's coming out November 9th. So I am hauling butt to finish well, this go. book. It's going to be called Android Smartphones for Seniors. And it's going to be a great holiday gift for anybody cool. because honestly, even my editors didn't know some of the tips and tricks I put in this book. So. Nice. Very yeah, nice. yeah, it's it's coming out really well. I'm really deeply into it because, you know, this show's been all about education that we've done for so many years. Sure. And the book isn't just for seniors because, you know, people think they're very techy and yet they don't know a lot of stuff. So there's the music. Yeah. Mark, say goodbye. All right, there you go, everybody. Listen, have a great weekend. Be safe. And as always, we tell you, please don't drink and drive. We want you back with us. See you next weekend. This is Marsha Collier and Mark Cohen, and we bring you this show every week because we love you and we love tech. Tell your friends. You can hear us on all the networks. So until next week, let's wish Richard Branson good luck. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier, produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.